the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The following program is sponsored by the National Prayer Chapel. I'm Ray Greenley, pastor of the National Prayer Chapel, and with me in studio is my wife, Alexandra. Welcome. We have a very serious, somber message from the Lord God of Heaven for you today. I hope you listen to the entire broadcast. I think it will give you insight and understanding about whether or not you're prepared to go to heaven. Don't just assume that you're saved. I heard a man just recently stand up in front of a congregation and say, we're all saved. All we have to do is now reach out to the lost because God's presence is with us. Simply not true. 
not true. All of the evidence says not true. But we in the church have been very successful in not looking at the judgment of God that is resting on the American church. There are nights like last night when I can't sleep. My heart is constantly crying out to God for the church. I pray this message will be helpful to you. People who have visited heaven are surprised when they find people they expected to be in heaven, but they're not there. While people that they never thought would make it to heaven, they find. What we're going to share today is a wake-up call to all of those who profess to be saved. We should never take for granted our salvation. The following story will demonstrate this very clearly. A pastor who thought he was on his way to heaven. But if he had died, he would have gone to hell instead. In April 1988, the Lord Jesus appeared to Ugandan pastor John Mulendi and told him that if he had come on that day to take his church to heaven, he would not have taken him as he was not ready. Pastor Mulindi was shocked and devastated. He was a born-again believer in Jesus Christ. He loved the Lord and was serving him with all of his heart. He'd been in full-time ministry for several years, and he'd been witnessing the manifestation of the supernatural power of God in saving, healing, and delivering people. He could therefore not understand why the Lord would not take him to heaven if he came for his church. When the Lord appeared to Pastor Mulindi, he was in the process of planning a third church in a nearby village. Before the Lord gave him that devastating message, he had warned him several times to repent of his sins. Each time, Pastor Mulindi and his co-workers prayed. God would give someone a scripture or a word to share with the others. In each case, God was telling them to repent, to get rid of their hypocrisy and lack of sincerity, and to walk faithfully with the Lord. Pastor Mulindi naturally thought that there was someone among them who was not walking right with the Lord. Each day, he would ask his eight co-workers to examine themselves and repent any sins they might have committed. That went on for about a week. A week later, one of his female co-workers told him that she had a vision. She saw herself walking on a long, straight path, but she became very tired and wanted to turn back. Just then, she saw a man dressed in white, glittering robes who told her to keep walking as she was on the right track and she would get to her destination. This man in the white robes also gave her a letter and told her to go back to where she had left Pastor Mulindi and give it to him. When she looked at the envelope, the following from Jeremiah 7, 2-11 was written on it. Stand at the gate of the Lord's house and there proclaim this message. Hear the word of the Lord, all you people of Judah who come through these gates to worship the Lord. This is what the Lord Almighty, the God of Israel, says. 
Reform your ways and your actions, and I will let you live in this place. Do not trust in deceptive words and say, This is the temple of the Lord, the temple of the Lord, the temple of the Lord. If you really change your ways and your actions and deal with each other justly, if you do not oppress the foreigner, the fatherless, or the widow, and do not shed innocent blood in this place, and if you do not follow other gods to your own harm, then I will let you live in this place, in the land I gave your ancestors forever and ever. But look, you are trusting in deceptive words that are worthless. Will you steal and murder, commit adultery and perjury, burn incense to Baal and follow other gods you have not known, and then come and stand before me in this house which bears my name and say we are safe, safe to do all these detestable things? Has this house, which bears my name, has this house become a den of robbers to you? But I have been watching, declares the Lord. After reading the scripture, Pastor Mulindi could not think of anything that he needed to repent. He also could not see the connection between the supernatural miracles that God was performing through him and the need to repent. If God was not pleased with him, he could not have been performing those miracles through him. He thought the problem was with his co-workers. That evening, Pastor Mulindi called his co-workers together and told them what the Lord had revealed to him. He asked them to examine their hearts and confess to one another their sins, because God was consistently saying there was sin among them, but no one had anything to confess. At 4 a.m., Pastor Mulindi woke up to pray as he usually did, but to his surprise he was completely unable to pray, no matter how hard he tried. He felt like there was a brick wall in front of him blocking his prayers. He tried to worship, but it did not work. At 5 a.m., the others woke up to pray together. While the others prayed and worshipped, Pastor Mulindi's heart was cold and unresponsive. He could not pray, worship, or find any joy in singing to the Lord. This went on for two hours. The others did not seem to have any problem at all. So Pastor Mulindi was very worried. He did not understand what was happening. Later that morning, he called the female co-worker who had brought him the message from the Lord. He told her what had been happening to him since she gave him that message. He asked her to explain how she was given the message, but she had nothing more to add. Pastor Mulindi left the others preparing breakfast and went for a walk. He once again tried to pray, but all in vain. After breakfast, his co-workers went to preach in the village while he was left behind to pray for them. They always left someone behind to pray for the others. After they left, Pastor Mulindi took his four different versions of the Bible and a concordance and sat outside in the porch. He pleaded with God to reveal what sin he had committed since he could not think of any. Suddenly, Something came over him, and his whole body shuddered. He felt as if someone had sat next to him. 
He could feel the person's clothes brushing against his, although he could see no one. Then he felt a great compulsion to open his Bible and read Romans 1, 18-23. The wrath of God is being revealed from heaven against all the godlessness and wickedness of people who suppress the truth by their wickedness. Since what may be known about God is plain to them, because God has made it plain to them. For since the creation of the world, God's invisible qualities, His eternal power and divine nature, have been clearly seen, being understood from what has been made, so that people are without excuse. For although they knew God, they neither glorified Him as God nor gave thanks to Him. But their thinking became futile, and their foolish hearts were darkened, Although they claimed to be wise, they became fools and exchanged the glory of the immortal God for images made to look like mortal human beings and birds and animals and reptiles. Pastor Mulindi was completely baffled and wondered whether the Lord was giving him a message to preach since the people in that area were very blasphemous and were using the name of the Lord in vain. But deep in his heart, Pastor Numulindi knew the word was his. When he asked the Lord whether the scripture applied to him, he was led to read Romans 1, 28-32. Furthermore, just as they did not think it worthwhile to retain the knowledge of God, so God gave them over to a depraved mind, so that they do what ought not to be done. They have become filled with every kind of wickedness, evil, greed, and depravity. They are full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, malice. They are gossips, slanders, God-haters, insolent, arrogant, and boastful. They invent ways of doing evil. They disobey their parents. They have no understanding. No fidelity, no love, no mercy. Although they know God's righteous decree that those who do such things deserve death, they not only continue to do these very things, but also approve of those who practice them. From this scripture, Pastor Melindy identified a number of things he was guilty of, but he reminded the Lord that every night before he went to bed, He got down on his knees and confessed those sins and asked for forgiveness. He could not believe that God would rebuke him for that because the Bible says that if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. When Pastor Melindy continued to insist he was innocent, he felt the displeasure of the Lord come upon him and his whole body began to tremble. Once again, he was led to read Romans, chapter 2, verses 1 through 5. You therefore have no excuse, you who pass judgment on someone else. For at whatever point you judge another, you are condemning yourself, because you who pass judgment do the same things. Now we know that God's judgment against those who do such things is based on truth, So when you, a mere human being, pass judgment on them, 
and yet do the same things, do you think you will escape God's judgment? Or do you show contempt for the riches of his kindness, forbearance, and patience, not realizing that God's kindness is intended to lead you to repentance? But because of your stubbornness and your unrepentant heart, you are storing up wrath against yourself for the day of God's wrath when his righteous judgment will be revealed. Pastor Mulindi was gripped with fear. He felt that whatever he had done was something big, although he did not know what it was. All he knew at that moment was that the Lord was very displeased with him. He felt compelled to continue reading Romans 2, 6-11. through 11. God will repay each person according to what they have done. To those who, by persistence in doing good, seek glory, honor, and immortality, he will give eternal life. But for those who are self-seeking and who reject the truth and follow evil, there will be wrath and anger. There will be trouble and distress for every human being who does evil, first for the Jew and then for the Gentile, but glory, honor, and peace for everyone who does good, first for the Jew and then for the Gentile, for God does not show favoritism. Pastor Mulindi just sat there. He didn't know what to do. He knew there was something wrong, but he did not know what it was. He continued to plead with the Lord to reveal exactly what he had done. Once again, he was led to read Romans, Now you, if you call yourself a Jew, if you really rely on the law and boast in God, if you know his will and approve of what is superior because you are instructed by the law, if you are convinced that you are a guide for the blind, a light for those who are in the dark, an instructor of the foolish, a teacher of little children, because you have in the law the embodiment of knowledge and truth. You then, who teach others, do you not teach yourselves? You who preach against stealing, do you steal? You who say that people should not commit adultery, do you commit adultery? You who abhor idols, do you rob temples? You who boast in the law, do you dishonor God by breaking the law? As it is written, God's name is blasphemed among the Gentiles because of you. The scripture hit Pastor Mulindi powerfully. He thought the people in the area were blaspheming the Lord because of him. He closed the Bible in desperation and told the Lord that he did not know what to do. It was at that particular moment that the others came back from preaching in the village. Pastor Mulindi took the female co-worker who had brought that message aside and asked her to pray for him. He told her everything that had happened since she gave him that message. As he was speaking, she began to tremble with fear. When he was finished, she screamed and began to plead with God to have mercy on her, as she was a sinner. She thought Pastor Mulindi was trying to communicate in a roundabout way about her sins. 
When she screamed, something gave way in Pastor Mulindi's heart. Suddenly, he felt that he could pray. He prayed and repented of everything he could think of. It took about an hour, and he felt that he'd been forgiven. However, he had no peace, and neither had the heaviness lifted from his heart. He still felt that guilt upon him. Pastor Mulindi cried out to God to give him a word to comfort him and bring his joy back. Since he received no word from the Lord, he opened his Bible at random and took the first scripture on which his eyes fell as a word from the Lord. His Bible opened at Jeremiah six fourteen through 15 and he read, They dress the wound of my people as though it were not serious. Peace, peace, they say, when there is no peace. Are they ashamed of their detestable conduct? No, they have no shame at all. They don't even know how to blush. So they will fall among the fallen. They will be brought down when I punish them, says the Lord. Pastor Mulindi was so frustrated that he flung his Bible away. He began to cry out to God that he was a sinner who did not know how to repent and needed God's grace to repent. As he was crying out to the Lord, he felt the presence of the Lord come upon him as if a heavy blanket was placed on him. The presence of the Lord increased to a level that he had never experienced before. He was scared as his whole body was trembling and sweating. He could not speak, and neither could he move his body. Suddenly, a very bright light hit his eyes, even though he was on his knees with his eyes closed. He opened his eyes to see what it was, but could not look into the light. It was so brilliant. He bowed his head and thought, what on earth is happening? Then he heard a deep and calm voice, which went through his entire being like a blazing fire, call his name three times. But he had no strength to answer, although he was saying in his heart, I am here. Jesus told him that he knew him before the creation of the world, and he had chosen and set him apart to serve him as a witness in the last days. Then came the bombshell. Jesus told him that if he had come on that day to take his church home, he would not have taken Pastor Mulindi with him. Jesus repeated again that he would not have taken him as he was not ready. The Lord told him that he was not living as a person waiting for the Lord's return because he had allowed all types of filth to come into his life. He lived like a person who did not care at all. Pastor Mulindi was very shocked. He thought what the Lord had said could not be true, because he had sacrificed so much for the Lord. He had given up his job, his house, and many other things in order to serve the Lord. He could not believe that it was the Lord who was speaking to him. His theology could not accept it. The Lord quoted 1 Corinthians 6, 9-10. through 10. Do you not know that wicked will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived. Neither the sexually immoral, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor men who have sex with men, nor thieves, nor the greedy, nor drunkards, nor slanderers, nor swindlers, will inherit the kingdom of God. 
the Lord told Pastor Mulindi that his life was filled with filth. He walked with an outward appearance of holiness, yet his heart was full of ungodliness. The Lord reminded him that he is the one who examines the heart. Since his life was full of filth, he was not ready for the Lord's appearance. The Lord went on to mention some of Pastor Mulindi's secret sins, but when he mentioned the sin of fornication, Pastor Mulindi completely refused to accept it. He believed that he had not committed such a sin. He said in his heart, that could not be true. The Lord stopped speaking, and for a moment there was silence. Then the Lord said, There is no crooked word that comes out of my mouth. Do you call me a liar? The Lord told him that since he did not even know his own heart, he was going to reveal it to him. Then the Lord exposed his hidden innermost secrets, such as his hidden fantasies that he entertained secretly and their impact on his life. Things that Pastor Mulindi considered small and tolerable suddenly appeared very filthy before the Lord. He was very shocked by how much compromise and misguided security he was living in. For example, the Lord asked him, Do you remember this day when you were in this place at this hour? Pastor Mulindi had forgotten all about it, but in an instant he practically saw himself back to that day, place, and time. It was not a memory, but a reality back into that moment. He saw himself seated in a minibus, waiting for it to fill up before they could embark on their journey. He was looking out of the window at a woman standing nearby, and had all types of filthy imaginations about her. When he saw it, he cried out that he had sinned against God. Jesus told him he lived in sin with such imaginations. Even on his bed at night, he indulged in the same imaginations. Jesus told him that he did not have the fear of the Lord even in the church. When women stepped forward to minister, Pastor Mulindi would strip them naked in his evil imaginations and would imagine all kinds of evil things about them. Jesus reminded him that anyone who looks at a woman lustfully has already committed adultery with her in his heart. Supernatural pictures flashed before Pastor Mulindi's eyes of how his evil imaginations worked. He was very ashamed of himself. He could not claim it was a weakness as it was his way of life. It was his lifestyle. Well, Pastor Melindy had been trying to think of a particular sin that he had committed. The Lord was referring to his lifestyle of secret sin. The Lord told him those were not the worst sins he had committed. The Lord mentioned some sins that appear trivial, such as envy, pride, manipulating others, undermining others, selfish ambition, competition, grudges, self-promotion in the ministry so as to appear as the best and most famous preacher. The way the Lord revealed them made him look very filthy. The Lord went on and revealed more things which were rotten, Pastor Mulindi felt as if he were standing before God's judgment seat. He was just crying out in his heart that he was sorry, but 
the Lord told him to keep quiet and listen. And the Lord continued to reveal more filth in his life. Pastor Melindy thought that he had been living in deception. He thought the devil had taken his life captive without his knowing it. When he thought of the miracles that he had witnessed, his heart sank. He thought the devil had been using him to produce counterfeit miracles. The Lord told him to stop imagining such thoughts, for God did not perform miracles because of his worthiness. Instead, God performed the miracles because he loves his people before he had ministered. The Lord reminded him of Matthew seven twenty-one through 23 where Jesus said, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven but only the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did not we prophesy in your name, and in your name drive out demons, and in your name perform many miracles? Then I will tell them plainly, I never knew you. Away from me, you evildoers. Jesus told Pastor Mulindi not to depend on the miracles to assess his worthiness, since miracles did not mean that he was living a holy life before God. God does miracles because he loves his people, and his name shall not be left without a witness on earth. He reminded him that without holiness, no one will see the Lord, because it is holiness and not miracles that matter to God. The Lord revealed to Pastor Melindy that his ministry was a major performance to get people's affirmation and approval since he cared more about what people thought about him rather than what God thought about him. He was a people pleaser. And this amounted not only to worshiping self and the people, but also to idolatry. The Lord referred him to a scripture that he had given him in a dream, In his dream, he had seen someone give him a piece of paper. He said it was a gift from the Lord. The following scripture from Hebrews 1.9 was written on it. You have loved righteousness and hated wickedness. Therefore God, your God, has set you above your companions by anointing you with the oil of joy. The Lord told him that he had started his ministry with his eyes on the Lord, but as he became successful, he had turned his eyes on the people in order to get their approval. But since men did not know the secrets of his heart, they kept on approving him and marveling at his walk with the Lord. The Lord reminded him that he was the one, not the people, who will judge and reward everyone according to their work. The Lord referred him to Revelation 3, 1 to 3, which states, These are the words of him who holds the seven spirits of God and the seven stars. I know your deeds. You have a reputation of being alive, but you are dead. Wake up! Strengthen what remains and is about to die, for I have found your deeds unfinished in the sight of my God. Remember, therefore, what you have received and heard. Hold it fast and repent. But if you do not wake up, I will come like a thief, and you will not know at what time I will come to you. 
The Lord told him he had examined him and had found nothing in him acceptable to his father. He counseled him to repent and forsake everything he considered valuable in the world and seek the Lord. Jesus told him that it was worthy to inherit eternal life as it was beyond anything else that he could ever compare it with. Jesus reminded him of the parable of the man who found hidden treasure in a field and went and sold everything and bought that field. Matthew fourteen forty four. Jesus counseled him to give up everything he thought was precious in this world so that God would have mercy on him. If he truly repented, God would restore him and make him his mouthpiece. The Lord also informed him that he had something against each of the eight co-workers, including the female co-worker who had brought this message to him. The Lord then revealed to him in detail what he had against each of the co-workers. He asked him to tell them to repent. That afternoon, Pastor Mulindi called his co-workers together and told them what the Lord had revealed to him about their secret sins that they thought no one knew. There was a lot of wailing and no one ate dinner that evening. Neither did they sleep that night. They spent the whole night crying out to God for mercy. For the first time in his life, Pastor Mulindi realized there was nothing in this world that was important at all. He cried out to God to give him just one more chance and he would only live and serve the Lord the rest of his life. In the morning, Pastor Mulindi took his Bible and a small can of water and informed the others he was going to a nearby mountain to pray. He invited them to join him if they wished, but he warned them not to expect him to minister to them as he was going to seek the Lord for himself. They also had to seek the Lord for themselves. Most of his co-workers accompanied him. They went up the mountain into the forest, chose a spot, and settled down. They prayed continuously for 48 hours. Each prayed alone. They did not talk to each other. They would only gather together in the morning to find out whether any of them had heard from the Lord. After two days of non-stop praying day and night, Pastor Mulindi was exhausted, and he put his Bible under his head to sleep. He lay there for about five minutes. He could hear the others groaning and pleading with the Lord. And then he thought, Who am I to sleep while the others are seeking the Lord? So he stood up and continued travailing for mercy. About noon on the third day, they all gathered together without anyone summoning them. And as they prayed together, it began to rain but it did not stop them praying, even though they were wet. After it stopped raining, the Lord spoke through one of them. God spoke about the calling and destiny of each of them. He told them he had protected them since they were born, because he had a purpose for them. He wondered why they would turn now from him after they had been saved. In tears, they all rededicated their lives to the Lord. 
Thereupon they felt the peace and the joy of the Lord come upon them. They praised and worshipped the Lord. The Lord told Pastor Melindy not to stop fasting as he was going to reveal some things to him about the church. About five days later, around 3 p.m., Pastor Mulindi was praying when he suddenly felt the presence of the Lord come upon him. He began to tremble, and he could not move any part of his body. It appeared as if his whole body was paralyzed. This time he did not see any light. Then he felt someone whom he could not see give a very deep sigh. The Lord spoke to him in the words of Isaiah 1, 2 through 4, which say, Hear me, you heavens. Listen, earth, for the Lord has spoken. I reared children and brought them up, but they have rebelled against me. The ox knows its master, the donkey its owner's manger. But Israel does not know. My people do not understand. Woe to the sinful nation, a people whose guilt is great, a brood of evildoers, children given to corruption. They have forsaken the Lord. They have spurned the Holy One of Israel and turned their backs on him. The Lord was sobbing, and his voice was full of anguish and pain as he talked about his church worldwide. He talked about the many Christians who had turned away from following him and were instead following their own heart's desires and devices. The Lord quoted Isaiah 1, 2 through 3, which states, Hear me, you heavens. Listen, earth, for the Lord has spoken. I reared children and brought them up, but they have rebelled against me. The ox knows its master, the donkey its owner's manger. But Israel does not know, my people do not understand. Jesus said he had paid the full price for mankind's redemption, but Christians were not living the abundant life that he had died to provide for them. The Lord was grieved because his people had turned away from him and were living according to their own human efforts, wisdom, desires, and will. It grieved the Lord because he had already provided everything for them to live victorious lives. Jesus told Pastor Mulindi that the devil was diverting the Christians' attention from the real things that matter in life, and making them focus on the temporal, material things that perish. Satan was also making them break all the acceptable values in order to feed their carnal cravings. The devil was tormenting and oppressing God's people with all sorts of infirmities, pain, anxieties, and fears. He was driving them crazy with greed, pride, evil passions, perversion, obsessions, addictions, depression, hatred, bitterness, and other destructive emotions that drain people of their love and joy. The suffering of God's people was making a mockery of the Lord's power to save, heal, and deliver. That was why Christians lashed out at each other, because of the pain in their lives. That was why the church was filled with people who were struggling to find the meaning of their lives in a world where there was no longer any absolute truth. 
Everything had become relative to what each person thought and wanted to believe. This had robbed the church of its joy and freedom in Christ, its power and vitality in the Spirit, and its passion to win the lost for Christ. This had hardened people's hearts, and they were dying in their sins, even though they claimed that they were saved. Jesus also said that there was so much being done in the church in the name of the Lord, but without any fruit. There was so much human effort and human investments in the church, but hardly any fruit because it was being done in human effort and human ways instead of God's way. Jesus went on to say that the Christian's great sin, which grieved the Lord most, was the rejection of the Holy Spirit. Christians had created their own experiences, impressions, and sensations, which they called the Holy Spirit. He said that Christians by themselves could do nothing without the Holy Spirit, their helper. The Lord referred to Jeremiah 2, 13-14, which reads, My people have committed two sins. They have forsaken me, the spring of living water, and have dug their own cisterns broken cisterns that cannot hold water. Is Israel a servant, a slave by birth? Why then has she become plunder? Jesus revealed to Pastor Mulindi that many preachers were hypocrites who made people feel comfortable in their sins when they knew that the wages of sin is death. They were ministers of death and deception who ignored the eternal implications of their actions to the people they ministered to. The preachers had traded their souls for worldly things, and they spoke with a worldly spirit. They comforted people in their sins instead of calling them to repentance. Jesus was grieved to see what the enemy was doing to Christians. He quoted Isaiah 1, 5-6. Why should you be beaten any more? Why do you persist in rebellion? Your whole head is injured, your whole heart afflicted. From the sole of your foot to the top of your head, there is no soundness, only wounds and welts and open sores, not cleansed or bandaged or soothed with olive oil. Such preachers, Jesus went on, were deceiving people when a great calamity was about to befall them and none would survive. He wondered why Christians would compromise knowing very well that would lead to their destruction and eternity in hell. The Lord informed Pastor Mulindi that there will be many trials in the last days, and many of them will be related to money, materialism, and survival. There will be a lot of betrayal in the church and in families. The Lord said that unless Christians completely surrender to him, They will not be able to withstand the trials of these last days. Instead, they would compromise and yield to the pressures. That was why the Lord was grieving, because of his people whom he loved. He could not stand by and watch the devil lay a siege against them like that. The Lord said that one of the greatest temptations in the last days will be the spirit of immorality, sexual immorality. The sin would spread over all the world like a storm and would also be accepted by the church. The sin of immorality includes fornication, adultery, perversion, and all sorts of sexual sin. 
since immorality corrupts and defiles the temple of the Lord, Jesus wanted Christians to be warned to flee from all sexual sins. Jesus said that Christians were not children of destruction, as they had been called to inherit eternal life. There was overcoming to be done, and they needed to stand firm in their faith and walk with the Lord. They needed to wake up and take hold of the inheritance that Jesus paid for with his life on the cross, as there was power in the cross, in his blood, and in his name. He quoted Revelation 21, 7-8, which talks about the rewards for the overcomers. Those who are victorious will inherit all of this, and I will be their God, and they will be my children. But the cowardly, the unbelieving, the vile, the murders, the sexually immoral, those who practice magic arts, the idolaters and all liars, they will be consigned to the fiery lake of burning sulfur. This is the second death. The Lord went on to say that his heart was grieving because the day of the Lord was near. He described that day as a day of agony, wailing, that no man could withstand. The Lord was weeping as he said that Christians were not ready for that day, which is described in Zephaniah 1, 14 through 18. The great day of the Lord is near, near and coming quickly. The cry on the day of the Lord is bitter. The mighty warrior shouts his battle cry. That day will be a day of wrath a day of distress and anguish, a day of trouble and ruin, a day of darkness and gloom, a day of clouds and blackness, a day of trumpet and battle cry against the fortified cities and against the corner towers. I will bring such distress on all people that they will grope about like those who are blind because they have sinned against the Lord. Their blood will be poured out like dust and their entrails like dung. Neither their silver nor their gold will be able to save them on the day of the Lord's wrath. In the fire of his jealousy, the whole earth will be consumed, for he will make a sudden end of all who live on the earth. The Lord said that day is not a day of joy to him because many Christians will be destroyed. That was why he was grieving for them. The Lord wanted Christians to be warned to flee from the wrath that is coming on the day of the Lord. Christians should flee from the powers of darkness and their carnal nature. They should flee and take refuge in the name of the Lord, which is a strong tower, where the righteous run and are safe. This story that we've shared with you today, this revelation... It proves that the unbiblical teaching that says one cannot do anything to make him lose his salvation because once saved, always saved, it is a lie. It also reveals as unbiblical the teaching that Christians need not repent when they sin because their past, present, and future sins have already been forgiven. That is a deception of the devil that will take countless numbers of of those who are called after Jesus to hell. These teachings are completely contrary 
to what the Bible teaches. Now today we both want to tell you God loves his redeemed people. But he wants you to repent. He wants you to leave a sinful lifestyle and conform to his word. God knows what is in your heart. Nothing in your heart can be hidden from him. You can hide it from yourself, as Pastor Mulindi did, but you can't hide it from God. You can hide it from other people. You can fool other people. But you can't hide this from God. He knows your heart condition. There's not anything more sorrowful or grieving than for a person to spend his entire life here on earth claiming to be a born-again Christian and then end up in hell. This concerns me because many think, and you may think, you're on your way to heaven. But if you are not living a righteous life, you will be shut out of heaven and cast into hell. There is no possible way you can escape the judgment of God if you're still walking in rebellion in your own lifestyle and refusing to repent and move out of the place of death and destruction into a place of obedience and humility. So please, today listen to what we have shared with you. If you need to change your lifestyle, do it now before it's too late. For if you refuse to change your sinful lifestyle, even though it's a hidden and secret lifestyle, if you look with lust on a man or a woman, if you're filled with ambition, if you have slander and gossip on your tongue, if you're a people pleaser and you refuse to submit to the Lord, if you love the sports and the entertainment of the day and do not take seriously the work of Jesus, if you have not laid down everything for the sake of the cross, if you refuse to change your sinful lifestyle, you will only have yourself to blame for all eternity which you will spend in hell. Hell is real. It is the place of God's wrath poured out without measure for eternity. There's no possibility that you can make light of your sin and not end up in hell. Now, there's nothing more important, there's nothing more precious in the world. There's nothing that can be compared to being brought into eternal life through Jesus Christ and walking in heaven forever. Now, if you've been listening to this broadcast, if you've been listening yesterday, the day before, you cannot ever say to Jesus, I didn't know. I was not warned. You have been warned today. 
Mr. Producer, how long is that song we opened with? Good, let's play it. Yep. Just close it out. Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.